Hello and welcome once again to Wrestling Memories Then and Now on Pioneer 90.1 FM KSRQ. We're beyond the FM dial at RadioNorthland.org where you can listen to us live and in the moment. That's also where you can check out some uh, past episodes and our and takes it to our SoundCloud page where we have, oh, well over now, seven, eight seasons now of Wrestling Memories Then and Now. Oh my. You can also listen to us live too on the TuneIn app if you have it. You download it free for your smartphone. Pioneer 90.1 pops up. It's always good to have different ways to uh, listen if you uh, can't pick us up up on our uh, direct website. Glenn Brockett uh, with you once again and uh, down there deep in the heart of Texas in the mobile studio and it's uh, first time I say hello to him here in uh, 2020 the grizzled vet Mike McCurdy and Mike uh, yeah a new year new decade and uh, I guess a new edition of wrestling memories then and now how are you how, how did, the, did the holidays treat you? You know the holidays treated me pretty good man so far 2020 is not too bad either so I don't, I don't do the new year, new me thing. So what people see is what people get. So, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been a good year so far. Last year was kind of rough. So looking, looking forward to a better 2020. Oh, absolutely. Onward and upward as we move in now to the uh, the 20s now. We get to have our time in the 20s. I remember as a kid, you know, when you look back in history class, thinking about the 20s, it seems so long ago. Now, I guess we get to have our own sort of uh, roaring 20s, and I guess we'll let it roar here and let it ride on wrestling memories then and now. There you go, man. I wouldn't mind having myself one of the one of the cool suits and all that and the Tommy guns and, you know, little roaring twenties, little mafia style. So, so, uh, we're, are you going to go talk to your uh, personal tailor there and get a zoot suit, uh, ready to go here now that we are in the twenties? Uh, you know, you know, that, would, that would be a big zoot suit. My friend, I am a big fella and I don't know if they can tailor. Well, they might, some of the guys back there are pretty good size, but I don't know. I think I could pull off a zoot suit though. Well, pretty good. The grizzled vet, you know, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yourself a nice little hat, man. Yeah, get a cane. You'll be proper. You'll be proper. Well, you know, the, the show is wrestling memories then and now, not uh, Glenn and Mike talk about zoot suits. Uh, so it's nice that we have our first episode, uh, you know, after the year in review, we took a week off, but now we are uh, back in uh, proper circulation. And Mike, I uh, put it in your hands to find our first guest here uh, for uh, 2020. And uh, you definitely, you brought back a returning guest and you hit a, you hit a, hit the home run. You, you really nailed it out of the park here. And I'm going to let you uh, do the, do the driving here for a while. I'll come in from time to time to make sure you're still on the path, but I want you uh, to introduce a, a returning guest, and it's another uh, fantastic, popular uh, wrestling memories guest from the past. Most definitely, man. She actually has been a very popular guest. Got quite a few downloads for, you know, her show. People are interested in her story. But see, the last time we had her on, it was a little bit different story. We talked mm -hmm. about her father and growing up, you know, as the daughter of a, you know, superstar wrestler. Not this time, we get to bring her on. We're going to talk about her career. Because since we last had her on, she's had her, you know, professional wrestling debut. She's been in the ring with, you know, multiple, multiple high-class athletes, including a former WWE superstar. Also, recently crowned in the, the Texoma Rose champion out in Texoma Pro Wrestling in uh, Sherman, Texas, out in my neck of the woods. And going to Japan. She's going to Japan for her first trip. So you could say she is really following in her father's footsteps. But like I said... Last time we talked about growing up with her father. Now we're going to talk about her career, where she's going, where she's looking forward to going to. And once again, our guest on Wrestling Memories then now, none other than the Bad Street Beauty herself, Miranda Gordy. Miranda, welcome back to Wrestling Memories. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, you know. Like I said, the last time we had you on, we talked about your father, obviously, you know, Terry Bam Bam Gordy, very well-respected man in the wrestling world. But since then, as I said, you know, you've moved on. You've kind of come out of the shadow. You're actually in the ring. You're wrestling now. You had your debut just, you know, not too long ago. And like I said, you have been in the ring with a lot of high-class talent, including a former WWE superstar. Uh, but first, you know, let's kind of get our reader, our listeners up to, uh, up to par here. Let's kind of talk. We'll go back a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, your debut, your debut match, kind of when you first got started and a little bit of the training process that led up to, you know, your debut match. Because before that, I know you were uh, accompanying like Randy Wayne to the ring. You were accompanying with Chandler Hopkins here in the Texas area. But now you're legit, have your own wrestling career. So let's talk about, you know, the training process that led up to your debut match as well as uh, your, your first debut. 
Um, well, you know, I'm still <laughs> training is forever and I'm still in training, but, um, I began training about the time I had my last interview with y'all and, um, my debut match, my first match was, um, actually at MPX against Niles Plunk, um, in June, June or July. And then, um, I had my really, really big, uh, debut match, um, against Machico at SWE in August. So both really great matches. The first one was just kind of get me out there and, you know, uh, get rid of the stage fright. And then I had a really great match with Machico the next month. And since then I've, I've been everywhere. I've been, um, mostly in the Midwest, like, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, um, but, uh, Georgia, and I'm hoping to venture out, uh, and in February, I'm, I, I am, I'm going to Japan. So I'm super excited about that. Now as part of your training, you know, who are you training with? Who were some of the guys that, uh, you know, you were learning under? Um, my main trainer has been Knight Davis. He has ran, he ran XCW in Denton. Uh, for many years and he's well known um, and he's been like the best trainer ever and he puts up with me <laughs> and I love him dearly um, and um, I've trained with so many great minds I've had um, Tom Howard who has trained uh, a lot of big names um, and I'm currently training with um, Ember Moon or you know everyone around here I call her Athena she's known as Athena as well so I'm currently training with her and Matt Palmer at the dojo in Denton. Nice see you like that. Yeah, here in the Texas area, you know, Glenn, we, we know her as Athena. Ember Moon is actually, you know, one of our own. We're very proud of uh, what she's done. And mm -hmm. she actually has, like she said, been coming back. And uh, I did not realize that she was, you know, training in this area. I know she's off from, uh, you know, WWE right now due to, a, I believe it's an Achilles injury. I did not realize that she was training, though, but that's definitely some uh, – class work to be able to train under oh yes she has like i have improved being with her um her and matt are just such great wrestling minds and they put me to work and um they're really really great so just like brainiacs of wrestling almost um and i love it and i enjoy myself it's uh she's running a school called the dojo and it's based out of denton and we have a really great class a lot of talented people now, your first match, you said that was against, uh, you know, Niles. It, I think, believe your first one was Plonke. He, he, he's, you know, <laughs> very, very, very snobby about that name. You got to pronounce it from the wine country, from Napa, California, I believe. Um, leading up to that match, you know, this is your first match. You're going out into the ring. Like I said, you've accompanied, you know, Randy Wayne, Chandler Hopkins. You've had your share. You've been in the ring and had your altercation. This is your first wrestling match. You know, what was going through your mind? You know, just before you're going through the curtain, you know, you're getting ready. Right before you go through the curtain, you get in the ring. You know, what's going through your mind this time? Because, you know, this is your first match, you know, per se, wrestling in the ring. You know, So just kind of what was the mindset? Oh, I was so nervous. Um, just... You know, just like, uh, don't, don't mess up. <laughs> um, just, you know, hopefully, you know, everybody loves me. Um, hopefully it's a good match. Uh, you know, you're, you're out there in front of a big crowd and, and just trying to think, Hey, don't, you know, don't be afraid. Just, uh, just do your thing. Kick some butt. Don't pay. And hopefully they love you when you're done. Hopefully you win. So, <laughs> So what was the crowd reaction to it when you, when you came out that night? Um, of course they were excited. You know, it's all the, the loyal fans, um, MPX and, uh, unfortunately it was a, like during the day on a Sunday. So it wasn't all, all the people, um, that usually are at MPX. So, uh, it was kind of a light crowd, but they, you know, they were excited to see me. Um, everyone's been super supportive fans and, you know, trainers and other wrestlers. And, um, so they were super excited that I was finally making a debut because, you know, people have wanted that for so long. Now your next match you went on, you said against, uh, Machko who recently was on AEW. She got to wrestle in AEW Dark on on AEW Dark for on their YouTube uh, channel. She wrestled, I believe it was Britt Baker. 
that was your first. That was your next match. That was SWE. That was for the uh, their first TV taping, right? That was. That was for their first TV taping, and you can actually watch that match now on. Uh, they just aired it on Right Now TV. So SWE just got the TV channel and, um, you know, people were able to, it was more than just YouTube. Like people could actually watch it like on their TV. So that was pretty exciting. That was a great match. Um, you know, it was one of my first ones and like, obviously I've improved since then. And, um, you know, but, but I enjoyed it. I felt really good about it. Now we're, we're going to move on here. You know, you wrestled Machko, you wrestled Nazbon. The match I got to see, because I didn't get to see your date, your, your first two, unfortunately. The match I got to see was when XCW, and that's someone we need to have on. We need to have Knight Davis on the show sometime to kind of talk about, you know, the history of XCW. Because here in Texas, that was as big, if not as, you know, as ECW in Philadelphia and all that. XCW is a definitely an interesting story. They had their family reunion show, I believe it was in September, September, October. You got to wrestle... As I said, WWE Superstar, you got to wrestle Jazz on that card. I now, did, yes. How was that going? Because, you know, you wrestled a couple matches, you got, you got your training under belt, whatever. You're going into the ring with, honestly, one of the baddest bitches in the ring <laughs> at one time, if not now. That woman is tough as nails. What was it like getting to go into the ring one-on-one with Jazz? Uh, well, I was, you know, super excited for the experience. Um but uh she cheated so <laughs> no um so no i was i was really glad to get to work with her um she is she's such a helpful person to people that are coming up in the business um and so it, it was a learning experience for me and so that is probably one of my fondest memories you don't realize just i mean you our listeners may not realize just how very, you know, nice and, you know, they, you know, her and Rodney Mack both, you know, they're very willing to help, you know, up and comers and all that. Obviously that's not what you see when they're in the ring though. Outside of the ring, wonderful people inside the ring. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to step in. I've had to get into it with Rodney Mack before and I was not happy about it, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, her, him and jazz are both wonderful people. He's a pretty good guy. (laughs) So, you know, you got your wrestling green, you know, you're training all that. The last time we had you on, we talked about, you know, growing up Gordy, you know, your father, Terry Bam and work. Now you're carving, you know, your own path in the wrestling world. You're getting into the ring and all that. How is that now, you know, going in, you're basically, you're the next generation, you know, Gordy's a recognizable name here in Texas. It's a recognizable name around the world. How does it feel going into the ring now you're representing that ring. You're representing the name. You're representing your dad. How does that make you feel? And you know, honestly, how do you think your father would have, uh, would uh, feel about it if he were still around? I'm super proud to represent the Freebirds as a whole. Um, hopefully, one day I can get uh, with Buddy Junior. I think he's gonna make his debut again, and uh, he's getting ready for 2020. And um, you know, we can kind of bring that back and, uh, and represent the Freebirds really well. So, uh, you know, we told each other that, uh, 2020 was the year of the Freebirds. So, um, I'm super excited about that. I love it. I love to see that other people love it too. So I think that's what drives everyone in the business is the smiles on people's faces and you like the kids being all excited and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, people share their experiences, uh, of what the free birds or other people meant to them. And, uh, you know, just, just having that, it's, it's really great. So I love to soak that in. It's really good. Have you got any feedback? Have you got any feedback from Michael yet? Has he contacted you about, uh, your entering career yet? Um, I haven't talked to him. He's excited for me. He's super proud of me. Um, I am for the most part, you know, I'll call him and I'll ask him for some feedback on, you know, where do I go from here? Uh, you know, how do I make this happen? What about, you know, um, so when I was, um, kind of 
not really done with training, but when I made my debut, I called him like, okay, I'm doing matches now. What do you suggest? He goes, learn to work. So that's what I've done. I've gone out and I've, you know, just been working. I've been trying to hit shows everywhere and get new experiences. And, um, that's the best advice. Cause I think that's, um, helped me learn the most. Now we've mentioned, you know, your debut against Niles, your second match against Machko, you know, your wrestle jazz. Who are some of the other uh, people you've had a chance to get into the ring with so far in this career? Because you said you started back in June or July, so you've got about six, seven months under your belt. Uh, who are some of the other, you know, names you've been able to step into the ring with? I have been in the ring, let's see. Um, Alabama, who's local. Uh, some of the local people, Alabama, Killer Kate, uh, Casey Warfield, um, I, uh, Luscious, Simply Luscious, um, trying to think of who else. Um, Danny Jordan, who is out of Georgia, um, trying to think. I've had several matches with Niles Plonk out in Missouri and, uh, Harrison, Arkansas. That's probably been my biggest feud. Um, uh, <laughs> Let's see. Um, just a couple other people here and there. Um, trying to think. I believe you wrestled uh, Livy Loca at Texoma, right? Yes, Livy. Okay, I couldn't forget her, Livy. Yes. Uh, so if I remember right, she was my debut in Sherman. I think I was there for that. So what? I, I was there for that show. Oh yeah. Okay. So, yeah, thank you for helping me remember. <laughs> I've been I've been nonstop, so which I love. So uh, yeah, Livy Loca and a lot of uh, people in the Kansas area. I just got back from uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas, uh, this past weekend. So um, a couple of the girls from XWE up there. So how is it? You know, now you know you're wrestling, you're traveling. Like you said you've been going to Las States. What are, what are the road? You know, what are the road trips like? Because I know you've probably heard stories of back in the day when your dad was traveling on the road. What have been some of the road trips for you? Um, not as exciting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, times are a little different. Um, really, I enjoy travel, and I enjoyed travel before I got into wrestling, um, which was kind of a perk for me um, since I've always loved to travel and see new places and. Um, I don't mind traveling by myself. It gives me time to think about things and just, you know, turn the radio all the way up and have the windows down if it's not too cold and just drive. So I like that. Um, but also, you know, if you've got a good group of people you're traveling with and you can share stories and laugh, that's like, you know, good quality time with friends. So I enjoy that part of it. The traveling is, is definitely, sometimes it's hard, um, you know, you get done with a show really late and you have to drive back somewhere. But, uh, you know, I, I love it for the most part. Now, you know, you said your, your main feud so far has been with Niles Plonk. I've had a chance to see him in the ring a few times. Um, intergender wrestling, you know, obviously, you know, we're going male and female here. There's kind of a fine line on that one. There are people that, I mean, now it's kind of the big thing. A lot of people are doing it. But then you still got a lot of people that they don't they don't care for it. It's still a man, you know, fighting a woman. They don't like it. Have you experienced kind of any like you know backlash from that doing the intergender match? Because like I said, there is a fine line between the two uh, fan bases right now. Um, I see people complain about intergender online. No one's ever said it to my face, and that's really all I got to say. You know. <laughs> Um, they would never, so that kind of tells me right there that, uh, you know, if, 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 uh, I think there's nothing wrong with it. Um, you know, breaking kayfabe here, as long as it's believable, obviously I would never wrestle Braun Strowman, you know, that's, that's obviously I, why, you know, um, but, uh, a man, my size, and I'm bigger than a lot of guys. And I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of women out there that can defend themselves in a real fight. And I think that in a real fight, they would do okay. Um, and there's women 
and not, and that are smaller and that probably shouldn't do intergender wrestling. Um, and that's okay too. But I think if, as long as it makes sense and could be believable, then there's nothing wrong with it. So you're saying you can beat Niles Plonk on pretty much any day of the week. So might have to have him on the show sometime and get his side of the story to that. But <laughs> You might, yeah. <laughs> Brandon Gordy so, says she can uh, beat I, Niles. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as it's, you know, believable, then, then I think it's good. So, because it's two athletes. Um, and we know how it all works. Like you have somebody may cheat or, uh, you know, you have a lot of people are the same size. A lot of the women, like I'm bigger than a lot of the guys, like, why couldn't I wrestle them? So I would, you know, like shoot, wrestle them. Why couldn't I wrestle them in a ring? So that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. And I understand people's, I understand where people come from if they say it's not believable or they, they do it out of, you know, they care for women and they don't want it to seem like uh, being abusive to women is okay. And I don't feel that it portrays that. I think, um, you know, domestic violence is a whole different story. Um, but I don't, I do not stand for any sort of sexism, but that's just me, you know, to each their own. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's definitely kind of gone a little bit, you know, uh, along the way as far as, you know, being acceptable because, you know, years back, you know, you had China versus Jericho. They went a little bit darker, like, storyline with that one, though, where it kind of was an abuse towards women. I think that left a lot of foul taste in people's mouths. But nowadays, you know, I watch it. I have no problem with it. If it's a competitive matchup, like you said, if it's competitive, it's believable, it's entertaining, I don't see anything wrong with it. If you got a guy that's like, you know, three times the size of the girl and he's just tossing around, that's not, that's not legit. It's not believable. And you're not really going to be entertained by it unless, you know, you've kind of got a little warp, you know, values on that one. So I agree with you on that one. Like I said, I'm a fan of it. I think it brings in more competition is myself. Oh, absolutely. Too, you know, you see the contrast and, and like women are seen as like with the women's evolution, it's not just, you know, TNA now, it's not just skin and, you know, showing things off. Um, women are seen as athletes now, and there's a lot of really great women athletes out there that, uh, can hang with the guys. So I, I'm all for it too. I love seeing the, the women come up. Now, preparation-wise, you know, I'm kind of interested in this. Uh, preparation-wise, what are the differences in preparing for a match against, say, you know, Niles or another male wrestler as compared to, you know, preparing for a match with someone like, you know, Libby Loca or another female wrestler? Um, you know, just understanding the size difference. Um, but then again... Uh, you know, I, I treat everybody the same because you never know, uh, you might get a chair to the head and then, <laughs> then all bets are off. So, uh, I, I think that I, I, I just go out there like anything could happen. Um, you know, I'll have to trick the, or I have to keep my guard on the people that are tricky and, and, uh, you know, treat them all the same. I, it's a competition. So I'm here to beat you. Now, looking back over the past few months, what's been your favorite match so far? I have had so many great ones. Um, probably the one with Machiko was one of my favorites. Um, and then uh, I had a really, really good one with uh, Niles Plunk up in uh, Springfield, Missouri. And uh, the crowd was, like, so into it. You could feel the energy. Um I think that was probably one of my favorites just because the crowd, you know, loved it so much. Now, speaking of the crowd and the energy and all that, you come out, I mean, when I've seen you come out, you're using the Bad Street, you know, USA theme, which is well-known everywhere. What What is the crowd energy like when you walk through that curtain, the iconic music playing, you know, you've got two to 300 people or more out in the audience. You know, how is the crowd energy when you first walk out and walk down the aisle? Oh, uh, I love it. They get super excited because, you know, it's Bad Street. Everybody loves Bad Street. And um, 
then it's me and you know everybody is you know super pumped to, to see me so um and feeling that it's like heck yeah i'm glad i'm doing this so <laughs> uh it's great uh to get people excited like that to you know because uh, as far as bad street it takes them back to a lot of people are a lot younger and they're like oh when i was a kid you know to to hear them uh, talk about how it affected them as a kid in such a good way and they have such good memories i like that and that's kind of why i use bad street i mean you know, I use it because that's what my dad used, but also because it, it brings those memories back and, and people like to relive that stuff. Yeah. You know, you've met my son at the shows before he's only eight years old, but he knows the bad street theme. He knows your father. He loves the music and he loves watching the video. So, I mean, this generation of children is getting into the bad street theme Cause like I said, it's still out there, you know, with social media and everything else. It's one of those themes and videos that's, you know, that's never going to die. And as long as we have the WWE network, you can always see Michael perform it at the Hall of Fame ceremony. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. As long as, as long as you have uh, YouTube, you can watch the original video. So, um, and actually, uh, something cool, uh, starting next month with SWE and the TV tapings, um, there's a really awesome band called Crossfire and I got with them and, um, the lead singer is actually a wrestler too, like international wrestler, really awesome. Um, the rebel Starbuck is his name. Uh, and, uh, they redid bad street and they did a really great job. And I got with them and I asked if I could use that because it's kind of a more modern version and I really like it. So I'll be using that just to kind of have my own thing going on. And they did a really good job with the video. And, and so they're going to play that behind me. It's going to be really awesome. Oh, I'll, say, I'll have to take a listen to this. I'm looking forward to that. I've actually watched the SWE on uh, uh, Right Now TV. Like you said, it's available. Uh, Roku app. Some cable providers have it. And I believe you can also stream the show on their Facebook page. I've enjoyed it. James Beard is involved with it. You know, very quality, you know, wrestling out there. And I believe their next, they just had a taping here just last weekend, and their next one is February 10th? First. First? Somewhere there? February 1st. Okay. I knew I had a date somewhere. Yeah, we just did the TV taping this past week. I was everywhere. I went from Kansas to, to uh, Texas, back to Oklahoma City. It was crazy. But, uh yeah, real quality product. Anything that James Beard puts out is quality. So, you know, it's going to be good if it's, it's James Beard. Um, but, yes, the first TV tapings, they just put a pilot out and they weren't prepared. But when, And I don't want to, you know, uh, say anything before it comes out, but the production is so great at the tapings we just did. They did such an awesome job. And I'm super excited for it to air, for them to get it out. It'll come out in a couple of weeks. Um, when they're done with, you know, final touches and everything, but uh, the reduction was great. Now, you know, recently, you know, you made, you said you made your uh, debut in Sherman, Texas at Texoma Pro, you know, Robert Langdon, another quality promoter here in Texas area, puts out a great show. Just a few weeks ago, you also won your first title, I believe there, and that is the Texoma Rose champion. So, you know, your first belt, I believe it is. Um, how was that going into the the ring that night and winning the championship? Oh man, I was so super excited and I'm like I was so happy that it was Sherman cuz that's kind of where everything got started for me a couple years back um when Buddy Roberts Jr and his tag team partner at the time came down and we did the big freebirds thing and so ever since then I've just kind of kept up with Robert and Texoma and so I'm super excited to have won the title there and it to be my first title um so and that night was just it was super special to me um my family was there and uh yeah like <laughs> I'm still smiling about it and I I was so proud I'm proud of myself <laughs> All right, I want to hand the mic over to Glenn. I'm sure he's got a couple questions about your upcoming debut in Japan. 
Uh, yes, I, I definitely do want to talk about that uh, here on Wrestling Memories Then and Now with our very special guest, Miranda Gordy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Japan, you're going to be heading there here soon. And when we talk about uh, your father's career, of course, Japan definitely takes a big part of his biography, uh, working in tags, uh, most notably, of course, uh, with Dr. Death Steve Williams and many of the other greats. But now it's time for the new generation of Gordy to come to Japan. Now, how did you uh, get involved with the process? Of, of, of putting together this tour of Japan, who who were the people to kind of help you out to get that that booking? Because you know it's not you know it's, it takes a few people to kind of get things bicycle together. But how did you get the, the, that connection to, to get you eventually here to Japan? I um, obviously my dad was um, he's well known over there, and he has a lot of friends. And we uh, growing up um, as a kid, we always had people from Japan at our house and. So, uh, you know, some old family friends contacted me uh, that run shows. They contacted me. And they're like, so you're working now. You know, how confident are you in your abilities? And um, are you willing to do a match over here? Of course, you know, <laughs> like I can get ready. So, uh, you know, they, they loved my dad so much. And my dad was uh, so wonderful to them that they invited me over. Um, and I'm going in February, February 17th. And my time actually just got extended because I had one show, Tokyo Championship Wrestling, um, where I'm teaming up with Men's Teo. Uh, if you remember him from uh, back in WWE um, against uh, two other people. Um, I cannot think of their name right now. But I uh, just got... Uh, on another show, DDT Pro. So I'll be out there a few more days. Um, I'm so super excited about it. It'll be a good experience because I have not been to Japan yet. Yeah, so. it's, it's almost like a rite of passage for you, too, uh, knowing just, you know, the, the history that your dad has over there and getting used to it, a, a kind of an altered style of wrestling, too, and also not only, you know, dealing with, with some of the Japanese style, but you also have a different audience that you're playing upon, too, and, and to try to get your yourself over in, in different ways to a Japanese audience. So, again, that's also part of your learning curve. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it'll be... A great learning experience all around. I'm excited to just be in Japan. I'm also super excited to uh, learn a new style because it is different um, than here in the States. Uh, people consider it a strong style, um, but that's what I grew up on. So I grew up on, uh, my dad at the time was going to all Japan. So when that's where he would be gone to most of the time and so I, you know, growing up, it was the Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, uh, Dr. Death, and my dad. Like, those are the people that I remember growing up. So it's also kind of like, it, it has a big meaning to me to be able to go over there. And while you're over there, I have to ask, will there be a trip to the Ribera Steakhouse? I mean, your father was no stranger to that place throughout the years, whether it was with Gordy or, or, or Doc, rather, or with Stan. Uh, that's always like another place for a wrestler to go is, uh, you know, you're, you're truly in with your craft if you make it to that steakhouse and have a meal and, and wear, the, of course, the signature jacket. So I got to think that's got to be in your future for yourself here to get that jacket. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I will be visiting there. Um, it would be up to them whether I, you know, uh, it's a rite of passage and it's up to them who they, they give a jacket to, um, you know, and if I don't get it this time, I'll just, that's just an excuse to go back. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have a feeling that uh, this is just not a one and done trip for you as far as uh, working over in the Far East. Is there any other places internationally that uh, you've taken a look at or at least considered or have had some considerations uh, thrown your way as far as, you know, beyond just Japan? Or do you have your sights set on any other places? I know if you headed down to Australia, you could uh, meet a fellow freebird and spirit hunter Hayes who's been doing his Michael Hayes thing for years. But what would be the place that you would like to go internationally aside from just Japan. Uh, oh, definitely Australia. Um, yes, I I know Hunter. He's such a he's such a good guy. So um, he's a good dude. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, anywhere in Europe would be really awesome. Um, 
I uh, just got um, word about uh, British Empire Wrestling. I would love to go to like uh, Germany or, uh, you know, any of those countries like that, I wouldn't mind. Like, I just like to travel and see new places, so I would not <laughs> discriminate on anywhere. I would totally be down for wherever it would have me. Um, there's a possibility of Cuba coming up in April, and then um, I'm tra- Belgium also in the spring. So hopefully those, uh, you know, go through and, and I get that opportunity. Oh, that'd be great. Just to have more things for the potential adventure that not only is your career, but life to go and, and see so many things. Right. I, 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 I totally get you there. But I could just see uh, that now. Uh, you, Hunter Hayes, and, and Buddy Jr. doing an angle against the Von Ericks at some arena, whether it be uh, overseas or even in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Actually, um, you know, uh, I went to WrestleCade, I think it was last month, Um and Michael was there and we were talking and he, he was saying it would be so cool if uh, we could get me and Buddy and uh, my brother Ray and um, himself, he as a manager, and then get Ross and Marshall Von Eric and Lacey Von Eric and then Kevin managing them. And that would just be like, you know, the ultimate match. It would, I think people would just love that. So uh, maybe one day in the future we can, get, you know, if the stars align and everything, that would be really great. If, uh, you know, Michael Hayes is, is thinking about it. You never know. Well, I, so. I think, I, I think that the, the big reveal at the end when uh, they have the big battle is, uh, you know, that, uh, Hunter comes out as a surprise to Michael with some paternity sh- uh, papers or something or challenging him to a <laughs> test. And that could be like a further added, uh, you know, a- extra little plot twist to the, uh, to a modern day Von Eric's Freebird sort of an angle. I, I, I there's just so much upside to that. And it's so cool that, that, you know, the Von Eric, the Von Eric name is out there too. The Gordy name is out there too. It gives us some of our, older fans uh, a little nostalgia feels but all that all the while you guys are doing such a great job and you're you're such apt students to the game that uh, you know you guys are going to soon be uh, not only just having that legacy but making your own legacy so man there's it's just and it's really cool that to think in 2020 that there could be von eric and freebirds uh, feuding right yeah i and i would be so down for that so <laughs> I got like the ultimate rite of passage, right? Like that would be like such a summit. Well, yeah, it's it's so cool. I mean, even uh, you know, you guys talked about intergender wrestling, and uh, one of the the gals who will be main eventing a pro wrestling pay per view for Impact Wrestling against Sammy Callahan is a third generation star who has done well in these intergender matches, Tessa Blanchard. So there you go. It adds more to these, the legacies of these, these, these uh, professional wrestling families. But you know, you'll, you've competed in plenty of intergender. What is it like uh, to, to see Tessa, who has worked so damn hard in her young career, to make it all the way up to not just in a novelty match, but actually competing for the world title against uh, the top dog of TNA, a guy like Sammy Callahan? I think Tessa is an amazing athlete. I really like her. I keep up with her stuff. Um, you know, I hope to one day uh, share a ring with her. So whether it's teaming or, you know, versus, I would be totally down. I really like her. I think she does a good job, and she is a hard worker, and she does really, really well. Yeah, and the whole thing is, too, I mean, you know, again, you got the bright matchup uh, really kind of does – continue the believability of something you know when you're watching it you're not dismissing it so when you when just watching the way Tessa has evolved and how this whole thing with Sammy has evolved from just that one-off match that uh, was really impressive to actual feud and psychology so that that to me is just so impressive and how that she can she can hang the way she has been I mean it just shows you that just there's so much there's so much room for change and so much room for for different levels of equality in pro wrestling amongst men and women competing against each other Right. Oh, I totally agree. Now, I got her. I looked at your schedule, and you know, you've talked about you've traveled up and down. You've been in the Midwest, but you're going to. Are you still booked for this upper Midwest gig in, in uh, February here for Duluth, Minnesota? I saw that you were uh, on the Heavy on Wrestling uh, website for No Love Lost 3. Now, that you realize that it, 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 it's Valentine's Day weekend, February in Duluth. You must really love the business to come up uh, to Minnesota this time of year. I oh yes I am I I'm in uh, I'm on heavy on wrestling in Minnesota 
um, on the 16th. So uh, I guess you're telling me that the weather's bad. <laughs> I wouldn't say bad, bad. I would say uh, you, you kind of like where you're at now with the, with the temp and all of that. Sometimes up here, in, in, especially up in Duluth and even up here in Thief River Falls, it's it's the temp, but it's also that gosh darn wind chill. You will not believe how low the wind chill could go and how you could still survive and be functional. Uh, yeah, I don't. Kudos to everyone that lives up north that deals with that every year. I don't know how y'all do it. Y'all are stronger than me. Like, I I have to, I don't like anything below, like, 60. I'm like, this is awful. Why are you torturing me? Um, I don't, I am a warm climate person. I'm a summer girl. Um, but, yeah, I will be up there in February. I'm actually leaving to go to Japan after that show. So that's so, like one um, <laughs> one of your last shows that you're going to be up here in the the potential icebox tundra. You'll probably be like, oh man, get me on that. Pl- I don't care how long that flight is. I'm ex- I've, I've experienced Duluth. Yeah, exactly. Like, get me out of here. I don't care if it's overseas. Get me out of here. Um, yeah, I'm leaving from Minneapolis to Japan. So um, oh. I'm super excited about that show. Um, I have a big uh, match. Um, with a couple of big names, um, I'm not sure yet. I don't want to spoil the surprise. I know they've announced some people, but, uh, there's going to be a couple big names on that match. So I'm really excited to work with those girls. It should be really good from what I've seen. Uh, I've never seen, uh, heavy on wrestling. Like I've never been there, but Hey, it's an experience. So I'm happy about it. Well, I think uh, the guys that promote there, uh, notably David Sabic, is a pretty good guy. He's, he's brought in some really, really good shows to that area a couple of times a year now and, and is really starting to grow on something. And I think uh, he, he's a good guy to to come up and work in this time of year for. And yes, uh, you may end up with some hardware, of course, with, with the first ever Pyramid Queen match for the vacated Heavy on Wrestling Women's Championship, a championship that was last held by one of your uh, earlier opponents in your career, Jazz. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. Um, I knew it was a women's title match. Um, we'll see. Yeah, see, I, did, I didn't know that Jazz held it, but that's really awesome. So, uh, yeah, that'd be really cool. Hopefully hopefully, I get some, some more gold. Um, oh, I forgot to mention earlier, I... Uh, <laughs> oh, just a matter of fact. Um, I got another belt this past weekend up in uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas. So now I have two belts. Um, I'm hoping to, to get as much as I can before Japan, uh, you know, just to take that with me. So, uh, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully I can get one more from, from Minnesota before I go. Well, there you go. Now that's confidence. That's what I like. You could be the belt collector in the world of female professional wrestling. Uh, I'm going to bring it back over to the grizzled vet, Mike McCurdy. I know he always has more than enough questions to go around here for our final segment, but it was really cool chatting with you. And yes, I'm going to I'm going to follow your Facebook even further when you get up here in Duluth uh, in uh, the month of February, just to see how you hang with it. Hey, it may not be uh, even that cold at that time. Got to they got to think positive. I'm going to bring it back to the Grizz here. So, so Glenn, how far are you from Duluth, actually? Uh, that's about a uh, four and a half hour drive uh, from from here to because where I live, man, it's practically that we call this the nosebleed section of Minnesota. It's so far up. In the state. Oh, okay, ne- never mind, never mind. I thought maybe you might want to, you know, do a little travel, go check out Miranda in the Ring because it's worth going to. But four and a half hours in your Minnesota weather? No, I, I won't do. That. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Now, you know, Glenn, you had to bring up, though, you want to see a Freebirds Von Erich thing. You know, I live in Texas. I'm afraid of that because, one, battle lines will be drawn, not just between, you know, Miranda and her team versus, you know, Ross and Marshall and their dad and all that. Battle lines are going to be drawn between the fans because you do not know what the fan base is like when you got your Von Erich fans here and your Freebird fans here. They, they're one or the other, and they hate each other, which is kind of the sad thing. Which brings me to, you know, a question I would like to ask. You know, Miranda, you're working a lot in the Texas area. You're coming to drink. Have you experienced any of that backlash from those people that, you know, oh, my God, the Von Erics are gods. The Freebirds were horrible. Have you met those people? Have you had any backlash to those people? And what's kind of a little story you might be able to share about an encounter with the, you know, Von Eric nation versus, you know, the Freebird fans? 
Oh my. Okay. So I've been really lucky. Uh, for the most part, people are just happy to remember, uh, you know, WCCW and, and really they, what I get the most is, you know, I was such a Von Eric fan, but when the Freebirds weren't facing the Von Erics, I was a Freebird fan. And, you know, of course I appreciate that. Um, there was, so my first, managing the first time I managed Randy Wayne, we came out and hit Ross over the head, Ross Von Eric over the head with a cowbell and the internet went crazy. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> people were, were threatening and uh, yeah, there's, there's some diehard fans still out there and um, it didn't help that it was in Denton, Texas, which is like Von Eric nation. And so yeah, we let that calm down just a little bit because people still take that stuff to heart. Um, yeah, the Freebird Von Eric feud was like it split families apart <laughs> almost. It's worse than like politics almost. So, uh, but I would, I would totally be down. I would do it right here in Texas just to bring that back because uh, you don't hardly see that anymore. You don't get that that you know deep down like either love or hatred so i would love to bring it back to texas just to be able to feel that for myself you know you bring up the uh you know randy wayne and i believe it was actually marshall that he hit in the head with the cowbell was it um okay. it was it was actually marshall that was the night before the uh a benefit show we did here in fort worth for andy dalton and randy was there that night and i talked to randy about that because as a historian and following the world-class territory and everything, I follow a lot of the groups on Facebook. And of course, you know, Facebook, if you don't turn off your notifications, you get notified when people make posts. The morning after Randy hit him with the cowbell, I woke up, I pick up my phone and it just starts going. I'm like, what is going I look, there's all these notifications of people that posted in the Von Eric pages. And I'm like, what the hell happened? Did somebody die? I go and I look and no, it's all about Randy hitting Marshall in the head with the cowbell. They wanted to hang him for hitting Marshall with the cowbell. I told Randy, I said, dude, you woke me up at seven o'clock in the morning because my phone was going off from all the notifications about you hitting Marshall with the cowbell. He just shrugged his head, shoulders and said, oh, well, Randy gave no care one about that. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was pretty intense. People did not like that. So No, um, no. Yeah, there was some some threats and some name calling and um, you know, it was funny at first and then people like really took it to heart. We're like, okay, we're gonna let this calm down a little bit. Didn't didn't realize that the uh, the fervor was still there, you know. It it's kind of entertaining. I love it around here. I wear one, you know, I have one of your shirts. I'll wear it around. People will see the name, you know, sometimes they think you're the country singer. They get the name mixed up. Uh, but then there are those who recognize the print. They realize it's Freebirds. They ask, oh, does she have anything to do with Terry Gordy? Oh, yeah, this is actually his daughter. Boom. I'm stuck where I'm at for a good 15-minute conversation about how they saw the Freebirds and the Von Erics at Sportatorium or at Will Rogers and how they were a fan of this one or they were a fan of that one. So, you know, when I'm out with my wife, I tend not to wear your shirt too much because sometimes it attracts a little bit too much attention. The fan base is still there. People see your name and they realize with that script, because it's the famous Freebirds, you know, Bad Street USA script, they know who you are just based off of that name. And then they want to tell me all their stories. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of why I did it. And that, that happens to me too. As soon as, you know, they hear the name Gordy or or they see they, you know, a lot of people think it's the bad street. She's like, they don't really pay attention. They're just like, Oh, I know that font. It's that's bad street. You know what? I'm like, well, it, you know, it says my name, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, people still, they're still so into it. And that's like, I love it. So, um, you know, I wasn't there to, to live it. So now getting to kind of live through people, it, uh, it helps. I like it. I like it a lot. It's uh, it's nice. It's refreshing. Just don't wear your shirt when you're going to the grocery store. It tends to uh, be a time killer. They want to stop and talk to you for a good 20 minutes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, 
Like the more I, I wrestle locally, the more I get stopped. And, and so that's a good thing. I think it's a really good thing. Now I'm talking about your trip to Japan before we wrap up the interview. Um, you know, you know, you've worked with a lot of the guys around here that have been, had a chance to go over to Japan. What are some of the advice that people have given you about when, you know, you go over to Japan, like, you know, on what to expect or how to work and, you know, just what, what is kind of some of the knowledge that people have passed on to you? Mostly I've been sent clips, like, look at these women. <laughs> I, I don't know if they're, because, uh, you know, they tell me it's different. Everybody that's been over, they tell me how much, uh, you know, more serious it is, like how much harder, um, at, like here, I guess it would be more theatrics. There, it's an actual sport. Like, it is a competition. So they don't hold back. Um, and I guess just preparing me, uh, my cardio and then like strength wise, just to be able to keep up. Um, cause it's a totally different culture. They're, they're very serious in what they do. Um, and they, they are athletes. If there's athletes, they are, they're absolutely athletes. So, um, just stepping up my game just to, to be able to keep up with them and, and do a good job and put on a good show. So it's, it's more of a, a sport than an entertainment is what mostly, I guess, to sum it up. Almost well, definitely. You watch, you know, you watch New Japan, you watch any of the clips on YouTube. They're very reserved. They watch, and then once a series of, you know, a chain of moves is done or there's a spot that, like, they applaud, and then they're quiet again, and they're, they're enjoying it. And it's actually covered, I believe it's still covered in the, in the sports pages in the, you know, the Japanese newspapers over there, which, you know, over here, you know, you don't see news coverage on the, in the Sunday paper much of uh, the professional wrestling matches. But over in Japan, it's still, like you said, it's still considered a legit sport over there. Now, you know, final question I'm going to ask you before I pass it back over to Glenn for the wrap-up. Uh, he and I talked about this on our year-end show here, talking about some of the shows that we enjoyed during the year and some of the highlights of the year. One of the highlights for us was we got to be live, well, live on tape, from the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame for the induction weekend. And I kind of ambushed you a little bit. I kind of had to chase you around the hall to find you real quick. But we got to be there. You know, that was your first time in the hall. We got to be there when you saw, you know, your father's display at the Hall of Fame that first time. And I'm just going to, you know, looking back on that now, you know, you've got your own wrestling career now. But looking back on that now, how has that experience, not just seeing your father's display, but, you know, being at the Hall of Fame, being around all the, like, you know, the other lady wrestlers, cause you were involved with some legends of the, in the ring at the time at the, uh, wrestling under the stars show that night. How was that whole experience getting to go to the hall of fame for the first time? And did it kind of give you any, any momentum and kind of any inspiration towards, you know, your upcoming in-ring career? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I will be back again, uh, this year. So I enjoyed myself that much to want to come back. Um, but it also kind of gives me a goal like, Hey, I hope my, you know, my gear or my pictures up here one day. So it gave me a goal, something to work towards. All right, Glenn, I'm going to pass the mic back over to you because I'm pretty sure the timekeeper is, you know, giving you that look again. Oh, yes, the ever-present stink eye of the timekeeper means that uh, we've went the Broadway. Yes, we're wrapping up this edition of Wrestling Memories Then and Now. A big thank you to Miranda Gordy for, uh, coming for, for coming back on the program again to give us an update into her ever-blossoming pro wrestling career. And, of course, a big thank you to the Grizzle Vet, Mike McCurdy, for uh, providing the, uh, the interview uh, today. Always appreciative of uh, his one. Wonderful talents for Glenn Broggett. Uh, oh, for the oh, <laughs> I can't even talk for wrestling memories then and now. I'm Glenn Broggett. So long for now.